Welcome to the BodyWise podcast, focusing on the new Maudsley carer skills with me, Harriet Parsons, psychotherapist and training and development manager with BodyWise, and Jenny Langley, author of Caring for a Loved One with an Eating Disorder, the new Maudsley skills-based training manual. Each episode in this podcast will focus on one particular aspect of the new Maudsley carer skills. We will explain the concept, talk through the ideas behind the skill, and learn how that particular skill can benefit carers. Welcome to episode three. In this episode, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, specifically carers starting to reflect on their own emotions using a technique called ALVES. Jenny, it's lovely to see you again. Welcome. Um, Thanks, Harriet. I'm delighted to be here. So Jenny, to start, why is it important for us to focus on carers' emotions? Well, if you think about it, Harriet, emotions are what make us human. So we're experiencing emotions every day. Um, And sometimes we feel in control of those emotions and sometimes we feel completely overwhelmed. And what we know is that caring for a loved one with an eating disorder feels really overwhelming. So not only do our loved ones become really emotionally dysregulated, um, it's almost like the carers, it's like a mirror that they can become very emotionally dysregulated as well. So so we want to help carers to be able to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. And I guess as well that as a parent, you also can meet your your child's emotion with the same um, level of intensity. So we will kind of mirror the biggest emotion in the room, so to speak. So that's also, I think, why it's really important for us to think about how we're feeling and how we can, can manage that a bit better. Absolutely. And of course, the biggest emotion in the room is often driven by the eating disorder voice. So it's a skill to be able to sidestep the eating disorder voice rages and violent outbursts and sadness and all of that sort of thing. Absolutely is. You're so right. Okay. So you use a technique called ALVES to do this. Can you tell me what ALVES stands for and what this skill is trying to help carers achieve? So, so, Um, This is a really kind of logical model in terms of unpicking emotions. And it comes from um, an organization that started off in Canada. um, And there's a website called Emotion Focused Family Therapy, which is really, really useful. And it fits really, really neatly in with the motivational language that we use within the new monthly model. So the acronym stands for ATTEND. So we're attending to um, to signs that, that we can feel emotions starting to bubble up and, and maybe start to get out of control. So we're noticing the signs, what's going on. Then we're, get, then we're labelling our emotion. So what emotions am I feeling at the moment? Am I angry, sad, frustrated, confused? Probably all of these. Mm-hmm. Then we validate them. So V is validate. So we validate those emotions. So we're thinking, so where, where does that anger come from? And a lot of parents talk about anger and they say, I then feel guilty because I feel angry. Um, but the anger is not anger at their loved one. It's anger at the situation. It's anger at the difficulty to get help. It's anger at all sorts of other things. So validating with the word because, so there's lots and lots of research that that word because is really, really powerful. And the more because is the better. So I'm angry because of this and because of that and because of that. So that is self-soothing in just validating with the word because can be soothing. And then the S stands for soothe. Now, soothing, the obvious way to soothe somebody who's emotionally dysregulated is to give them a hug. 
So how can a carer give themselves a hug? So what sort of self-care strategies can they automatically go to? Or who can give them that hug, whether it's a verbal hug or a physical hug? Who can give me that hug? There's other parts of Soothe as well. So affirmations. So carers, would you agree, Harriet, get really depleted by the eating disorder. They get disempowered. They, their self-esteem starts to, to really, really dissipate. So being able to give themselves affirmations. I am doing my best. I am doing a good job. I am doing everything I can. I'm, I'm an amazing mum, not a terrible mum, because the eating disorder voice keeps telling me that I'm such a terrible mum. So affirmations to myself. Okay, that can help to reduce to reduce that distress and increase my self confidence. Distractions, so that goes back into the self care a little bit as well, doesn't it? Um, but the distractions might be um, being okay that somebody else can come and help out for a bit. So many carers become so private, don't they, and so insular that they don't like to think that somebody else could come and help them out. And then the final part of soothe, which is really really important, is that visualizing the pathway. So, you know, when we're kids, we all draw that little house, don't we, with the, the four square windows, the little door, a red roof, maybe a chimney and that windy path down to the garden gate. And so it feels like you're outside the gate when you're emotionally dysregulated. You feel like you're at the bottom of the garden outside the gate and you can't see how you're going to get up the path. And it might be very dark or very misty or foggy or might be a very, very windy path. And by validating our emotions, we can start to, we can open the gate and step onto that path. And then because we're feeling calmer, we can start to visualize the possibilities to start to navigate that path. So soothing is, I don't really like the word goal setting because it feels yeah. a little bit too forced, mm -hmm. um, but it is about the goal setting, the thinking of behavioral experiments, the making one baby step at a time on that path to get back up to the house. Mm -hmm. so, so soothing, a hug, affirmations, so belief in yourself, mm -hmm. um, distractions, and then that visualization of the pathway. Mm -hmm. So ours is attend, label, validate, and soothe. So attending is paying attention to the signs that you're beginning to feel something that might be strong or overwhelming. Labeling it is actually allowing yourself the space in your head to name what that feeling is. Because I think that often when we say we're stressed, stress is a combination of fear, worry, anxiety, yeah. anger, um, you know, feeling like you're not coping, all of those different and feelings all bundled yeah. into one. So labeling it is allowing the person in their head to kind of separate the strands of that, um, say, tangled up ball of, yeah. of, of stress. Um, then validating is, is another step in that process of being able to slow down your thoughts and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid because you know, because today my loved one seems very unwell and um, I'm afraid because they have an exam. We're just here. We're just at the end of a huge exam period. Yeah. So there are lots of parents who feel like they've sat their exams during this yeah. month. Um, but the validating part is being able to say, slow down their thoughts and say, yes, I am feeling this because of this and I'm feeling this because of this. And in some ways, that's also affirming it for them, isn't it? It's, it's allowing them to say it is valid for me to feel this because this situation is happening. Yeah, it's then, okay. Yeah. yeah, that it's okay. 
And then soothing is the, the real actionable point in it. So rather than just floundering in it, um, you, you're, the, you're kind of challenging the person a little bit to take action, to soothe themselves, to help themselves to feel better about whatever that is. So as you say, it's looking for comfort in a hug or a verbal hug. It's, um, you, you know, being able to affirm for yourself, I am doing what all everything I can do, which is often what people get from the group is that yeah. the other parents are well able to see that this person is doing their absolute best and they're really able to say it to them or other kind of uh, coping strategies that maybe they have learned from something like the crap day exercise, which is another one that yeah. maybe we talk about. Um, yeah. Okay. So, is there any point, particular point in the workshops that you um, introduce the ALVES skill? So before the workshops, so a okay. bit like with the readiness ruler, um, yeah. so I send out a, a little questionnaire. It's only three questions, but one of the questions is around carers reflecting on their own emotions. So we have um, the table that we use that's got the big emotions at the top of anger, sadness, fear and shame. And then there's lots of other examples of those emotions underneath. And as you say, Harriet, with adults, they often just have that over overriding description of I'm stressed or distressed. With youngsters, it's often I'm bored. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that, but yeah. So, so unpicking the distress and the stress that comes with caring for a loved one with an eating disorder. And carers can either just tick off the emotions that they've been feeling. And we say on a scale of 0 to 10. So some people will say, well, yesterday I was angry at a scale of 10, but today I'm angry at a scale lower because, so you start to validate anyway. So yeah. some carers will just tick off the the, the emotions on the chart and what I find is it collectively within a group of carers between them they tick off all of the emotions on that chart um, and then they might add in other emotions that they're feeling as well so frustrated is a really really big one um, for all sorts of reasons so frustrated because we can't get help frustrated because progress is so low so slow um, frustrated because granny always says the wrong thing you know so there's a lot of frustration panic um you know, being frozen with fear. So, so fear being a massive overriding one. But then of course, this is all balanced with um, more positive emotions. So hope and hope, I would say the only thing more powerful than fear is hope. Um, and there was that lovely quote in the Hunger Games, wasn't there, when President Snow was talking about Katniss Everdeen leaving, leading the uprising against the capital. And he was, he was leading all of the districts with fear and she was coming through with hope. Mm -hmm. And I thought the other day, because we love our acronyms, don't we, that hope um, I've now reframed as holding on to optimism, patience and empathy. Okay, so that's hope. So, so all the way through the workshops, we're trying to help the, the carers to really, really hold on to that hope. And they can be holding on to hope for their loved ones, even when their loved ones seem completely stuck. So, so all of these negative emotions are, of course, balanced with some of these more positive emotions, the hope, the optimism, the patience, the um, recognition, I can't fix my loved one. I can come alongside her. I can be her ally or his ally. Um, and, and that feeling of being energized. So, so before the carers even come to the workshops, they've filled in that question, that, that exercise for me. And some carers will actually write like a little essay and they say, it's so cathartic. It's the first time they've really sat down and thought about their own emotional journey. And so for me, even before they've come to the workshops, it's really, really useful for us to be introducing this concept of reflecting on emotions. And then in workshop one, 
So, you know, before we even do the introduction, so I'm introducing the model, I showed them a summary of the, you know, anonymized, obviously, um, a summary of their their responses in the questionnaire. And so I can I can show them that you're all on this emotional roller coaster, you're all on this emotional journey. And then I will introduce the ALBS technique that they can use with themselves. So right up front, really, really early on. And then throughout the workshops, we can either help carers to use ALBS to again, reflect where they are on their own emotional journey. And then of course they can start to use the ALBS technique with their loved ones, which is really powerful as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm just thinking as you're speaking there that um, while we're encouraging them to hold the hope for their loved one um, during the workshops, we hold the hope for them. Absolutely. It's like a cascade. Yeah. 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 We can see those carers who are struggling or who feel hopeless and and we're able to kind of hold the hope that change is possible for them as well. Yeah. So, um, so, so Jenny, you know, what, what is the learning from this? What would you, what do you hope that carers take away from learning the ALS technique? A um, couple of really, really big things. It's okay and it's normal and it's natural to be on this emotional roller coaster, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that it's really worthwhile taking time to pause and reflect on the emotions that you're feeling because the emotions can very quickly paralyze you. So we go fight, flight, freeze, don't we? So we want to help carers to come back from that freeze place where they've been feeling numb. And actually sometimes it's good to feel numb, isn't it? You need to have that bit of numbness, but helping them to take that step back from that numbness and say, okay, I'm gonna own these emotions. I'm gonna understand where these emotions are coming from. And I'm gonna role model to to the rest of my family, not just my loved one with the eating disorder, that, that emotions are what make us human beings and they can activate us and motivate us as well as sometimes feeling paralyzing. So you're, it, it, it's all about regaining that resilience and that emotional intelligence um, for me, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of um, a, a, a mum last night in one of the groups that I was doing last night um, and we were doing the um, planning for change part and smart planning and she was talking about that if she was going to make a change that she wanted to make some emotional space for herself. And I'm just thinking that actually um, this whole idea is about allowing yourself to take the time to, to, to let your emotions come in. Whereas most of the time when we're supporting somebody with an eating disorder, especially when it's in the house and when it's very difficult, there's no space because the eating disorder fills it all up with panic and anxiety and every moment is fraught. And so this is really about allowing carers to step back, take a couple of minutes to calm themselves and think everything through. And that's role modeling what we would like the person to be able to do as well. Yeah. And many, many carers will, you know, because we know that clinical levels of anxiety and depression are common yes. among when you're caring for a loved one with an eating disorder. And many carers will, you know, having been introduced to this concept, will then feel that hmm, maybe, you know, maybe I could do with a few counselling sessions myself. And that can be really empowering as well. Just having that listening ear, somebody who understands um, to, to give the carers their own headspace to talk about this stuff. The other really interesting thing, Harriet, is that um, because obviously I've met 
you know, many, many, many young people who've come out the other side of their eating disorders. And often they say that a real turning point for them was when their parents or their carers could start to show that little bit of vulnerability. So not being the out of control jellyfish bursting into tears, but just being able to say, I'm sad today because, mm. and I'm frustrated as well, Jenny, because, mm. you know, so, so that vulnerability can be so connecting and so bonding. Um, mm through the different stages of the recovery journey. Mm. Yeah, and also I guess when you're saying that, I'm thinking that so much of the eating disorder is about the person who has the eating disorder, that it's all focused on them all the time and that it can be kind of a relief for them if somebody else is having a bad day and needs a bit of support. Yeah. So um, could I ask you to give us a bit of a scenario? Do you have any examples? Yeah. So this is this is one that I include in um, in in the workbook one as an example. So imagine. So Mary is a carer Mm -hmm. and imagine Mary has come to the workshops and we're having this discussion and she says, so her son, Jake. So I feel terrified that Jake will never get better and so guilty that I didn't pick it up earlier. I'm ashamed to talk about his illness with my work colleagues. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this would, lots of carers would be nodding at this stage, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so thinking about the physical sensations or negative belief. So if I'm facilitating this session, I might say, so Mary, I notice that you're very tearful or you're very agitated or you're consumed at the moment and you believe you could have been a better mum if you'd picked up on things earlier. So I'm, I'm reflecting back some of the words she's just told me mm-hmm. and she's told me her emotions I don't need to guess them in this t- in this instance do I so Mary you say you're feeling terrified guilty and ashamed and I'm guessing you might also be feeling an array of other emotions so at that stage other carers might chip in or Mary might say well sometimes I'm angry and sometimes I'm you know frustrated and all of these other things as well and then if I'm validating again I can repeat her words so this is a very simple example so you're feeling terrified because you fear Jake might never get better and you're feeling ashamed because you didn't pick it up earlier and you're feeling ashamed because you feel your work colleagues might judge you when you have a loved one with an eating disorder it's natural to have these feelings and it can feel absolutely overwhelming at times so I'm saying to Mary it's okay and it's natural yeah It's, it's normal you're a human being emotions are what these emotions are what make you human beings and in fact they they drive you forward in terms of getting the right care in place now okay and then soothe so I might say Mary you're an amazing mum determined to help Jake beat this your love for Jake is unconditional and deep down he knows that Mm. Mary you also know that you need to take time out to re-energize this might entail you asking others to help out um I can help too, as in we can facilitate these workshops. Um, And I know that other people um, in in your friends and family network or our network here today um, are also willing and able to help out too. So that's just a very, very simple example of how I might use ALBS with um, a carer who's feeling very distressed within the workshops. It's lovely because it moves her from a feeling of all these negative feelings. And, you know, I think that that shame feeling is can be really paralyzing. Yeah. So it moves from that. And when you name it, when you say um, you're feeling ashamed because it, it, it lessens the fear that's associated with it. It's not this big, 
unknown and um, you know scary thought it's it's something that has been said words have been put on it um and it, and the world didn't fall apart um and 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 so you move it then it's it's lovely how you move it from all of that negativity to something that's more proactive and positive and understanding for mary yeah, yeah. and one of my biggest mantras is look forward not back yeah so that's one of the themes that that runs through the workshops because self and carers you know we'll talk about this right at the very beginning and then it will keep coming up yeah how did I not see this what if I'd done this Mm. should I have tried so this often comes up with the family-based therapy as well doesn't it that you know if if then like with my son that the patient is an inpatient it's like should I have tried harder? Should I have force fed them? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? And so it's, you know, it's validating that FBT works for some, it's first line treatment, doesn't work for everyone. And that's why there's second line treatment, third line treatment and fourth line treatment. So, you know, it's, 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 it's helping carers to stop, keep going back and beating themselves up, yeah. which as we know, carers are prone to do. Absolutely. Um, so are there other kind of regular pitfalls or questions that carers highlight to you when they have when when they go through these situations in the workshops? So pitfalls, um, I guess some carers just aren't ready to to really start to unpick their emotions. And that's OK. So we have this concept, don't we, of rolling with resistance. Yeah. So if if if, you know, maybe some you know maybe somebody is overwhelmed with anger when they come to the workshops and you can feel that anger kind of drifting through a big pitfall or a big mistake for me as a facilitator would be to try to dissipate that anger in the session Mm -hmm. so it's the ability to roll with that because sometimes the emotions are so overwhelming going back to the red balloon metaphor to remember with the big emotional waves is that you know in within the group it's really important that we ride those waves because sometimes there will be in the same way that the eating disorder has these huge emotional outbursts sometimes carers will have um, an emotional outburst and in that moment they're obviously their brain is not in the right place to be unpicking or analyzing so um so i guess the only the only thing is that, that as a facilitator you would always be saying okay let's just absorb that pause and move on yeah yeah knowing that you can't just dissipate somebody's huge emotions in the room like that yeah, exactly. So, so some, so sometimes carers find elves very difficult to do. To start with, to start with, um, most often, um, certainly after the second workshop, um, when we've introduced the rest of the motivational language and they see how it fits in with the model, um, most often carers will say, "Ah, oh, okay, okay, I can get that." And also, what's so important, Harriet, is that that it's not. A linear model it doesn't have to be a l v s obviously we have to teach it that way to show the framework but you can just go in with a validation yeah so you know i'm feeling sad today because you without attending or soothing or anything just just that validation just a simple validation can be um in itself soothing so acknowledging and just soothing like that um you you know you don't have to you don't have to go in that linear kind of ALVS through through the model but it's useful to learn it in that way but you can break it down and that's something that I my I experience um doing the workshops is that again with the carers trying to get it right all the time yeah. uh, that they um they're really trying to get 
everything right exactly as it is as you present it yeah. um and and you know it's a process that they go through um, and at the end they kind of make it their own yeah, yeah. oh and I always say that it's like because um as you know Harriet within the workshops I use the word document like the flip chart it's as if you're in a room so I'm writing what I'm hearing and then sending it back to them as the record of the session but I say you need to translate that into your own language because I've just written what I've heard which might not be exactly what was said or um, you might have a different way of, of saying that and then the other thing is is when we're doing role play of elves which we do often throughout the workshops we might be validating eight emotions yes. now, it would be very unusual in a normal conversation to be validating eight emotions but it's good practice in a role play so you feel this because and that because and that because da 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 but um normally in conversation maybe one or two emotions you'd be validating Mm -hmm. again there's a difference between the learning scenario where you might be doing loads of examples and then making that fluid in terms of normal conversation yeah yeah that's very clear is there anything um I'm missing Jenny is there anything else you'd like to say about that I don't think so I I mean I guess the the main thing is that when I was first introduced to the new Maudsley model, we talked about emotions, but we didn't have this specific technique. And I think, I believe that this technique has really enriched the model. Yeah. So having a, you know, we're, we're right at the very beginning, we're talking about the carer's emotions. For me, that's been a really, really positive step. Um, and maybe when I was, you know, a newbie into this, a newbie kind of facilitator, I wouldn't have had the courage and the confidence to be able to help carers to really step into their own emotional shoes like this. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's been a learning process as well, but I think it's really enriched the whole model of, of communication language that we use. Yeah, for me too, you know, you, uh, you, you hold your breath and you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely find that. Thank you, Jenny. So where can people go to find out more? So um, all of these techniques are included in the new multi training manual. There's the worksheets are all on my website, the videos to go with them. So there's a few different videos around the ELVES technique and we'll be making more podcasts, won't we, about using ELVES to coach your loved one, kind of emotion coaching for your loved one with the eating disorder. Um, and also that other website I mentioned, the Emotion Focused Family Therapy website has got more on that. And Adele LaFrance, who's one of the kind of, you know, the founders of, of the ALS technique, she wrote a lovely book, which is aimed more at parents of children, but, you know, all about having difficult conversations. And it's all about the ALS technique as well. So that can be really useful. But yeah, really, a really one of my favorite techniques. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jenny. So there you have it. We hope that this episode is helpful for you and encourages you to practice ALS in your own life. Remember, an important part of the new Maudsley skills is being able to role model behavior and behavior change for your loved one. If you have any questions, please email them to Ruby, putting new Maudsley Carer Skills podcast in the subject line to info at bodywise.ie. If we get any questions, we'll endeavor to answer them in future podcasts. We hope you will join us for our next episode where we will reflect on instinctive carer reactions when caring for a loved one with an eating disorder and some alternatives using the animal metaphors. Until then, Jenny, thank you again. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>